0: Welcome to the FinTV podcast series, where we tap into the collective expertise of the world's leading supply chain manufacturing and digital innovators. My name is Maria Villablanca, the co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network, and I'll be your host. Join us every week to hear the opinions, lessons, and general guidelines from the industry's leading minds. FinTV, insights for today's digital leaders. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Um, I am here with someone that you've seen often, we've had as a guest, and I love having Stefan Debars back uh, to talk to us. So Stefan, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to anybody who might not know you?
1: Yeah, thanks uh, Maria for having me. So hi everyone, my name is uh, Stefan Debars. I'm leading online in Europe and uh, been with the company now for two and a half years. Uh, I have a background in finance and supply chain. Uh, so we will talk about that uh, today for sure. Uh, and what I'm excited about, and I think what Maria has been driving is bringing together thought leaders, academics, practitioners, business leaders to discuss transformation uh, and to discuss transformation in various ways. Uh, obviously, O9 uh, as an organization, being an AI-powered platform uh, in this space, driving transformation in revenue supply chain, finance, decision-making, and planning uh, is obviously uh, a key player uh, in this world and I uh, would love to share uh, some stories and perspectives, uh, but Maria, yes, as always, looking forward to the conversation.
0: You know, Stefan, you are uniquely placed, I think, as a company that sees so many different examples of digital transformation, successes, failures, you know, people that are probably stalling. Um, what, what are you seeing right now? I mean, we're in the middle of this pandemic, so what's the general feel at the moment?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, uh, by the way, first of all, that is true, actually. Sometimes we don't even realize, but, you know, we go from working with a big retailer to working with an industrial manufacturer, to working with a telecom provider, to working with a big FMCG company. So you get a really good understanding of what's happening in every industry. Uh, Now, talking about sort of uh, what is happening across industries, I think... There are a couple of transformation topics that are top of mind for senior executives. And the first one is customer and consumer transformation. Now we are uh, engaging, for instance, with a large manufacturer that is looking into how are they going to change the way they interact with the end consumer. So this manufacturer is selling consumer products through online uh, as well as retail stores and a little bit through wholesale. But eventually, it is you, Maria, logging in online uh, to buy one of their products, or it's me walking into a retail store that is buying that. Now, they're not even thinking about sort of how will this omni channel complexity play out. They're actually thinking about you and me. So they're thinking about how will it transform how we do business with consumers. So instead of dealing with, you know, thousand customers, they now need to deal with hundreds of millions of consumers. And Maria has a very different profile than Stefan. And Stefan has a very different profile than someone else. So there will be new engagement models, you know, for instance, moving uh, towards uh, subscription models and all that kind of stuff. And I think that transformation is going to be very rapid and companies that will not sort of jump on that fast enough will, will be in trouble. So big sort of transformation topic on the consumer side or customer side. The other big transformation piece is what we are seeing on the product side. So uh, people are putting IoT and sensor devices in products. So we see that in industrial manufacturing, right? They put a sensor in an engine, that engine goes in a car. And based on sensor data, right? We can actually start understanding when an engine will fail, which part will fail and so forth. But also a lot of consumer products companies are putting sensors in, for instance, products that are being put on the store so they can see how often a you know, particular product is put off the shelf, and then how many times that leads to you know, transaction. So uh, products will be uh, equipped with IoT devices. And again, we see big transformation there. Uh, so the other big uh, transformation piece is what we are seeing on the operations side. So I think companies are now more and more vocal about it. They use blockchain technology to understand where raw materials are coming from. They're using, you know, track and trace providers to get real-time visibility on ETAs and so forth. Uh, Then we see companies are now embarking on journeys to make their factories, digital factories, so they can see, you know, uh, back home, you know, from their monitors how factories are performing uh, and can, you know, based on that do predictive maintenance and predictive uh, monitoring mechanisms. So again, transformation. So what we're seeing, Maria, is there is consumer transformation, there is product transformation, there is operations transformation. But one of the things that that is actually creating is, first of all, more complexity. Uh, Second is much more variability. And third is companies are really creating an ocean of data, like truly it's an ocean of data. And what they are actually struggling with is how to cope with all that complexity, variability, and data. And that's where we are seeing a trend is that companies that now start to think of actually being a technology company. So think about, you know, Uber, Tesla, and Amazon, they are technology companies, but they have been technology companies, you know, from the beginning, where a lot of companies that now see all that transformation around them, they need to start acting like a technology company, but they don't have the resources and they don't have the skills uh, to actually uh, become one. And that's where we are seeing now more and more companies that are looking into, can I find a partner to enable digital transformation on the consumer side? Can I find a partner that provides me with scalability? Think about the different cloud providers that are out there. And can I found a partner that can, in essence, build a sort of digital brain of my operating model, connecting you know, consumers and customers and building market knowledge, connecting with my demand and initiatives and creating demand knowledge and connecting with my entire supply chain all the way down to my tier one and tier two suppliers and creating supply knowledge and bringing that all together for planning and decision-making. So that is what we are seeing in the market. Um, so summarizing that, Big companies are moving towards thinking and acting like technology companies, but they need help in uh, in, in actually uh, in that journey.
0: So, do, do you think that you know this pandemic has helped to some degree digital transformation acceleration, or do you think that it's maybe left people a little bit? I think once you and I talked about this, companies sort of panicked and not wanting to make any decisions. Are, are they falling into those categories or do you feel that there's more vision in, in the market now, you know, people that do see the, the possibilities?
1: Yeah, vision is a good, good question. I think a lot of companies are sort of shaping the vision now, but they do understand that they need to act uh, sooner uh, than later. And I think uh, that is, you know, a great example is on consumer transformation. So where a lot of companies were still very traditional, selling through retail stores, brick and mortar, and so forth, you know, overnight now they had to sell online. Now that mm-hmm. obviously has a, a lot of different challenges because instead of you know five big customers that deploy different retail stores, now you actually need to build a direct relationship with consumers, and that is then where they start to think, okay, if that is something that will stay like this how can I build a competitive advantage of being better in you know, serving the consumer? So for instance, if I am a manufacturer and I now have 1 million or let's say 100 million consumers, right, can I actually understand that the moment, for instance, I have a shortage of you know, white shoes that I'm going to prioritize Maria because Maria is you know, a shoe fanatic. She is buying shoes from my brand every single month. She doesn't care so much about the price. So the moment I have a shortage of a particular shoe, I'm going to sense and shape my demand towards Maria. But if I am having some excess stock in you know, black t-shirts or you know, why don't we use the turtleneck as an example, then I know that Stefan is a big fan of those turtlenecks So can I actually shape the demand towards him? And I think this is, you know, where data obviously becomes very important because, you know, if I move from serving thousand clients to serving 100 million consumers, that is a massive transformation, Maria. And that is where we see companies are sort of struggling to understand how to do that, how to equip themselves, and then how to find uh, partners that can support them on that journey. And that's where I think uh, a change is going to happen too, where historically, you know, companies have operated in a certain way, and then they look different for different uh, applications to support them. So I have an application for, you know, warehousing, I have an application for planning, I have an application for whatever, but now they need to actually start forming partnerships with technology companies to really develop this together uh, because this is not an you know standalone application play anymore. This is you know digital transformation uh, at at whole whole new levels.
0: But Stefan, do, do you think that supply chain leaders, supply chain executives, maybe even board level executives, get that the pace of change is like nothing before? You know, do you think that they're just taking too long to make certain decisions? Do you do you, do you think that there are executives that are understanding that they need to make these decisions quickly? What, what's what's the feeling like on that side?
1: Uh, A mixed back. To be honest, uh, Maria, we see companies that totally understand this, that are absolutely doing all the right things and uh, looking into forming those partnerships and accelerating their journey. We also see companies that um, don't believe the pace will be so fast. So they just take their time and uh, sit idle and wait. Um, And then you have companies that understand the urgency, but really don't know where to start or how to start. Yeah. So I think those are sort of the, the three different companies that uh, we are seeing in the market. Um, but I strongly believe that in three or four years from now, we will look back at this period, sort of uh, you know in this entire COVID situation or you know, pre or post COVID, whatever. But, and then we're looking back and we will see the winners and we yeah. are going to see the losers. And uh, I think that the winners will be the companies that understand they need to start behaving and becoming much more technology companies. And the companies that believe that it will not go so fast, they, they will really face a lot of issues in, uh, uh, in the next couple of years when it comes to competing in an, uh, in an obviously highly competitive market
0: well c- clearly i mean even before covid we were all seeing that disruption was happening anyway right and companies needed to respond to that kind of disruption but now with covid uh it's it's those agile visionary companies that are uh, really understanding that the pace of change is quite quite quick um you know we're hitting towards the end of the year now right um wh- what do you think the uh i mean I, and i'm gonna ask you to gaze into your crystal ball i know you're not gonna you know i'm not gonna hold you to any predictions really but give or take, where do you think we're going to get to towards the end of the year? What, what can we expect in the in the first half of next year?
1: I think, uh, I mean, it's a very interesting question, because we are now sort of, I mean, uh, I'm Amsterdam based in the Netherlands, and, you know, the, the government, uh, you know, yesterday, they announced new uh, lockdown measures. So uh, we see, you know, more and more cases. So who knows for how long we are going to be in this situation. My guess would be you know, for the next 12, 18 months, right? This virus will be sort of among us and we have to find a way to deal with that. Uh, so obviously that's one thing, you know, from society and people point of view to, to deal with it. But I think uh, what we are going to see is we are going to see a lot of companies that are uh, going to take the moment now to uh, accelerate transformation. And I'm extremely excited, uh, you know, based on, different conversations with uh, various companies that are really looking into the future. And it becomes harder uh, to predict the future, which means that you need to start uh, getting as close to the uh, end demand or to the consumer or customer as possible and building a very uh, sort of resilient supply chain so that the moment you know, a change occurs, you can immediately respond and also embrace that. I think the key challenge that organizations are going to face is how to deal with the change, and that really has to do with uh, the uncertainty, uh, the risk currently. So obviously, with COVID, right, it is um, uh, impacting; uh, it's impacting jobs, it's impacting people, uh, and so forth. And if you then also need to drive big transformation, what is going to be the impact uh, when it comes to employees and how to drive that drive that change? So I'm definitely looking for innovation in that space as well. Uh, But overall, I I, I think the the future does look bright. Uh, And I think uh, sort of a wake up call that we need to accelerate uh, digital transformation and big companies behaving more and more like tech companies is going to be uh, an uh, extremely exciting sort of journey to watch.
0: You, you talk a little bit about, uh, I want to go back to the three types of companies that we're seeing at the moment, you know, and I think if we can dismiss those companies that perhaps are not going to do anything, let's, let's move those out of the way because uh, whether you call it, uh, you know, economic Darwinism or whatever you want to call it, they may not be around. Let's talk about those companies that know they have a problem, that need to change, that need to do something, don't know where to start. Uh, and what are what are the and I've asked you this question before and we've talked about it at length and I really loved one of the answers you gave one of the first times I interviewed you about prototyping about doing things in a small way so let's let's talk about those companies that know they need to do something but don't know how in the world they're going to do it talk to me about that and what advice you give to those people
1: yeah I think think about how are companies like Tesla Amazon and Uber driving transformation right? The key people that they have in the organization are sort of product or program managers that are business savvy, but tech savvy at the same time. So how you should see that is sort of uh, solution architects uh, that can actually translate business needs into, you know, technology solutions at a very fast pace. Now that is the key skill set that organizations are missing today. So they either have very deep IT knowledge or they have very good business practitioners, but they find it very tough to understand, okay, I have a business problem. I want to solve it with tech. I have no clue wh- how to do that. And my technology uh, people in my company, they're very tech savvy, but they, they miss the business language and uh, uh, truly understanding you know, the, the business complexity. So I think what we are seeing and, and the recommendation would be is to start looking into how can I form you know, partnerships with those companies that can provide those resources and it would say, okay, out of all the things that you need to do, let's say you have 20, uh, whatever different priorities that you have, let's sort of break them down and say, okay, what is it that I can do the next 12 months? Maybe just getting the basics in place. Maybe I am already at a more mature level and I want to, you know, move into a couple of more uh, advanced use cases, and then really start sort of building that core team of, you know, product managers uh, together with, you know, business people and data people, data scientists and developer prototype can never take longer than three months. And then it should be you know, tested and validated and it should be uh, built in a way that you can immediately scale that globally. So you build a prototype, let's say Maria, I'm going to do you know AI powered forecasting and demand sensing in a particular market. Let's say, you, know, you live in the UK, so we take the UK. So you build that in the UK, you test it out in the UK, you prove the results and then you need to develop it in a way then, then it can go to Benelux and Nordics. So you do the same there. You test it, you prototype it, you get the feedback, and now you have your template ready that you can scale. And obviously, depending on the different regions and, and uh, uh, countries, there will be some localization required, but it is much less than what most people think, honestly, today. Uh, So again, the the notion is, you know, uh, start looking for technology partnerships rather than shopping for applications. Start understanding uh, what is the vision and your roadmap and break that down into pieces that you can digest. And then of those pieces, start prioritizing them based on, for instance, the value leakage today in your organization. Then the moment you have that prioritized list of sort of uh, projects and capabilities that you want to build, then start, you know, building out the prototypes, do that in that 12 week framework, and then have that very agile and iterative process, because that's exactly how successful uh, and the big tech companies are doing it. And again, that's where we need to start changing the mindset. You're not going to pick an application, do a four year waterfall project. Before you do that, you ask an SI to create your processes down to L6 level. Unfortunately, we still see that. And honestly, it's sort of blowing my mind. You know, that, that, that's still happening. You know, transformation is you do that uh, together and you use a technology to drive that. And uh, that would be my advice, uh, Maria.
0: So how feasible? This is the last question I'm going to ask you because how f- a lot of people are daunted by the prospect of a large-scale da- you know, transformation project. Even if it's a smaller one, like you say, even if it's pr- prototyping, you know, to do a digital transformation project in the best of times is hard as hell, complicated. I mean, you talk about variability, complexity, right? And data. But during a pandemic, what do you say to people that are thinking about doing it, but are not too sure yet? What, what, what's your parting words to those people?
1: And I think, right? they've never done it before, right? They there's a lot of talks about digital transformation and then you get the feedback Yeah, but we implemented Salesforce or yeah, we implemented uh, you know SAP APO five years ago, or we did an ERP transformation. That is installation of applications. That's not digital transformation. Digital transformation is looking at the core of your business model, looking into how that's being transformed to what we discussed, right? Based on consumer transformation, mm-hmm. product transformation, operational transformation, looking into the key use cases, right, that are relevant to you and that are causing value leakage or a competitive disadvantage today, take those, right, then sit down together with tech partners and potentially consultants and start building those prototypes and testing. So really my message would be, don't see this as the sort of installation or implementation of, you know, whatever application. This is just a new way of actually driving your business, the the development of your own business model. Uh, And I think that is the change that we are seeing and also the change in thinking that we should be driving.
0: And also call you.
1: I mean, for sure. Call
0: 09. (laughs) 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 For sure. Stefan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation. And, you know, we always look forward to, to talking to you and seeing what's happening in the industry and what we should look forward to and what, you know, what to expect. So no doubt we'll see you again. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Maria. And I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, your next big event next week. Uh, so yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited for transform. Um,
0: uh, so looking forward to the discussions. Brilliant. Well, we'll see you there. All right, Stefan, take care. And for those of you watching, we'll see you at the next time. Thanks a lot.